John Bunsley is a Colorado-based singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist. He has been gaining recognition for his tight, catchy songs, which often explore the darker side of the human condition, but also do so with a sense of compassion and sincerity. He is also a gifted guitarist, and whether he is playing solo acoustic or howling on electric, it is clear that his instrument functions almost like an extra limb, an integral part of him. John's vibrant, resonant voice is tailor-made for telling his tales of the trials and tribulations of ordinary folks. His music has been featured in award-winning films like Grandpa's in the Tough Shed, Dead Last, A Tale of Triumph, and Free Boulder. He's also been a three-time winner in the Combo Songwriting Contest, a two-time finalist in the Ullergrass Troubadour Contest, and twice an honorable mention in the Telluride Troubadour Competition. I can see you shining, see Shining bright, I can see you shining as we lose the light. Welcome to the Raw Songwriting Podcast, where I challenge my guests to write a brand new song in one week based on a prompt, and then talk about the process. Along the way, we talk about the broader craft of songwriting. I'm David Coyle, and it's my pleasure to introduce John Bunsley. Welcome to the show, John. Howdy, David. Uh, well, thank you for having me, man. Yeah, you betcha, man. So, um, we're just going to have to come clean, and so there's no uh, conflict of interest here, but but I've known John for probably 18 years. I don't think it's quite 20 years, but we used to work together as bureaucrats, and... <laughs> and working for the man, working for the man. Now, and John's been a, John's been a singer-songwriter for a long time. I'm, I'm a more recent vintage, uh, so, so, but he's one of the, the, the first person, anyway... John is the first guest I've had on this program who I know from before I was a professional singer-songwriter. So, John, you've got that uh, that designation. How are you doing? Thank you. And and that gives me uh, some knowledge, which may or may not be shared during this uh, during this uh, you know discussion that we're having yep. here. Secrets. But, but I will say this much: although you were not a professional songwriter at that point in time. You certainly had written some songs, and you certainly did share some of them with me, which may or may not come up in the conversation later. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was back when uh, that was back when uh, I was uh, I was actually hitting up my coworkers for for song ideas. I would go and say, "Hey, give me a topic and a style, and I'll try to write a song." And I, I wrote some songs that I really like. I said that I still play live. So that yeah, was one in particular that uh, I, I remember from that period of time, which is very strong. Yeah, yeah. You know the backwards, the backwards song. Uh, the striptease and reverse song. Precisely. Yes, that that song. Yeah, that's a fun song. That's a really fun song. But hey, John, you're the uh, you're the guest here tonight. So let's let's talk a little bit about you. Purple is my favorite color. Excellent. Okay. And and your favorite colors and colors in general will come in uh, a little bit later. Actually. Looks like oh, it's going to come in, come in a few times here. <laughs> well, of course, this this show, you know, I'm finding that that every every guest that I've had on so far is used to doing like week long prompts. So uh, that hmm. may be the case with you, but I but I guess the the question I usually start off with is, you know, what's your normal songwriting process compared to what I've asked you to do? What would you? What, what does count as a normal? If there is a normal songwriting process for you, David, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, ask for a little uh, leniency from you here, because I thought it, you know you told me that would be something that we would talk about, 
And I, and I thought about it a little bit, and I have a small tale which I would like to tell, which will take us to that, if that would be okay with you. Okay, so I started, uh, I, I did a lot of music as a kid. Uh, I was in choir, uh, I did uh, piano lessons. I listened to a lot of music. I, I, I'm a weird dude in that I am, a lot of people think that I'm a complete extrovert, which is partially true, but I also like to hang out by myself part of the time. And when no one in my house was home, I would sit dead stereo center in front of my dad's old hi-fi and just play record after record after record from my parents' collection. But I wasn't really a musician. I was a person who loved music, right? And I started playing guitar, uh, I guess when I was about 16 years old. And shortly thereafter, I wrote my first song. And it's a song which had a very brilliant title. It was called, You Gotta Be Free. So I've been trying to sell it to the Republican Party. Uh, I haven't heard back yet. But, um, but no, here's what's funny about that. So I wrote that song, co-write with a friend of mine. And that song actually ended up being used in a film about Boulder that was called Free Boulder that you made a reference to earlier, which I just think is absolutely oh. hilarious. The very first piece of music I wrote, which wasn't really that good, but apparently wasn't terrible. Anyway, the point is this. That was my beginning as a writer. Um, I started writing songs like maybe once every two years. And then that was about where I was at for a long period of time. And then I just had this sort of breakthrough where I started moving into different types of communities, um, doing a lot more open mics with other people that were writing and, and, and bringing new songs to open mics, uh, a couple of different songwriting organizations that I've been involved with, uh, Song School at, at, in Lyons, and also um, different songwriting groups that I've been involved with. And I did a lot of classes. I, I, I started being interested in songwriting and studying it. And I've gone to uh, you know professional critique sessions where you have professional publishers ripping songs to shreds one after the other. And all these experiences have taught me a lot. And so I actually would say that I have written in some different ways, particularly because I met a lot of people that I have done song, uh, excuse me, co-writing stuff with. And that changes things than if I'm by myself. But if I'm by myself, I would say that the, the normal that I sort of reached after learning a lot more about how to write songs is I generally start with a musical idea. It often comes as a riff or a chord progression on an instrument that I'm playing. Uh, I do this thing where when I'm practicing, I'll play two or three songs and then I'll, what I call, fudge around. I'll fudge around for a little while, if you know what I'm saying. And, um, and sometimes ideas will pop out of that. Now, my normal procedure was when an idea would happen, I would grab my phone and I would record it. And then every few months I would go back through my phone and I would pick out two or three ideas that I thought were really cool and eventually turn those into songs. Just, just and, out of curiosity, what yeah. before you had a phone, did you have like a little miniature tape recorder or cell phones or, you know, with that recorder relatively new in our lifetimes anyway? I mean, way, way, way back when, yes, I did have one of those little uh, portable, you know, 
recorders that uses i don't want to talk about how old i am here but oh sorry c size batteries okay you know what i'm talking about ladies a c size battery it's it's a wonderful thing but anyway the point is this yes but i also in the early days i wrote so rarely that what i recorded it on was almost completely unimportant until i got to the point and i think my phone kind of came in right about that period of time i haven't been seriously writing for more than say about 10 years Huh. I would say. Oh, interesting. Okay. Even though I have written songs all along, you know, the 20 years prior to that or whatever, however long it might have been, the two years prior to that. Uh, put an extra zero on there, didn't I? Huh. I guess I didn't realize. I mean, I know that you've been writing a lot more songs uh, since in the, like the last seven or eight years, but I didn't realize that, that you hadn't been writing that many songs prior to that. I've put out four records since 2009. Yeah. And one of them only had one original song on it because it was a Christmas record. And so I would say it normally would take me, you know, a year to two years to write 10 to 12 songs that I felt good about. That would be sort of my, 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 my pace. Okay. Jump really quickly to last year when I was on my normal schedule and I was in song school in August and I wrote a song called Farah, which I'm really excited about and then I fell and hit my head and I had a serious brain injury which we don't need to go into multiple details but I did not write from August until April of this year Uh, that was the first time that I wrote a song was in April of this year and that was right when we were going into the whole pandemic thing and I have to tell you this because not like we want to talk a lot about the pandemic man but that has something to do with where I am right now I lost myself I think a lot of people have had this yeah, experience. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I was I was a performing musician. I had a band and I wrote songs, but I, I really sort of more like I put a record out every two to three years and use some of those songs in my set. But I, I didn't see myself as a writer, as a primary musical purpose in life. It was more as a performer. That went away completely and for me personally hasn't come back. I know there are people that are playing, I'm not. So at some point in time, I had this little discussion with myself. Honestly, I was a little, I'm a musician, I'm an artist, I get depressed, okay? I think those two things go together. I think think most of our, I I, I think ideally we're going to, you know, our listenership is going to be songwriters, and I bet most of them can relate, so yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I said to myself, you know, you need to shift your view. You need to shift your identity, your musical identity. And so I, I put out this public notice on the Book of Faces. But it was a public notice? A public notice on the Book public of Faces. Public notice on the, the Book of Faces. You know exactly what I'm talking about, man. Yeah, uh, I do. Sharing something. And that was that I have, I've changed. I am no longer a performing musician who writes songs every once in a while. I, I said I'm now a songwriter. I every once in a while do a performance, though not very often these days. So here's what happened, David. Wrote a song in April, didn't write another song. In August, I didn't even think about this, but humorously enough, about a year after my injury, one beautiful, beautiful summer morning, I made myself what I call a café con leche, which is espresso and steamed milk, but it's the way that I got used to to, uh, drinking it in Spain, where it's about half espresso and half milk, so it's pretty a robust beverage. 
And I took one of those and an instrument, it happened to be uh, my ukulele, and went out into my courtyard, my backyard area, and sat in the sun and sipped my coffee and just fudged around on my instrument, like I had talked about earlier that I enjoy doing from time to time. And all of a sudden, and I had no intention of doing this, which normally when I write, I have an intention. Normally I like have a plan, you know, but I, I didn't. I was just messing around and this song just poured, poured out of me. I wrote it completely in like about three hours and recorded a quick video of it. That, is, that was a new thing for me. A, I'd never write songs in three hours. Uh, and B, my first public uh, showing of a song is usually one after I've practiced it quite a while, you know, maybe made two or three recordings until I feel like I really know what's up. Anyway, the next week, it was another beautiful day, and I made myself a cup of coffee. And I went out this time, I think it was my guitar the second week. And bingo! All of a sudden, I was writing a song, and I did the same thing, and I, I, I recorded the video, and I started re doing, posting the videos on Facebook and getting a nice reaction from people. And Anyway, long story short, it is now, uh, I've now written 14 songs in 14 weeks, Damn. all of them in one day, uh, and made a quick recording of one. And so that's sort of my new normal, which is very different than my old normal. Now, quick thing, I haven't written from prompts a lot. I know a lot of people do that with each other, share things. A lot of my songwriter friends have groups that do that. I've done it, but mostly in classes. And so this was an interesting thing to me, too, to, to be like, okay, this is the prompt selection. There's the one class, I, I can't remember who the, the instructor is, but at song school, you always go to it, and uh, the idea is you're supposed to swap biographical information with your partner or whoever you're paired up with, and then you write songs about each other. Do you want to talk about that? I think that's always kind of funny how that's played out for you. Absolutely. I love that. And, and I mean, I guess in a way you could say that that's a prompt, but that's, you know, that's different because you're talking to a human being and you're learning things about them. But what it is, is it's someone else giving you the material for the song and in much more detail than a simple prompt because you're hearing a lot of details about this person. Um, so anyway, the story is very quick. The guy's name is Paul Reisler. Uh, I've been to, I don't know, six or seven of his classes. It's a four-day class, and the first day he splits the class up into pairs, tries to hook you up with someone that you don't know and you haven't met before, and then you each tell a story to each other. There's some parameters that he tries to set around what you're doing with the storytelling, and then you each write the other person's story as a song. And and yeah, I mean, my new record has, uh, what, 13 songs on it. And uh, four or five of those are ones I wrote in that class. So I've had some success with that. I've really enjoyed it. But I do that once a year, one time. But, you know? but, that's, but I think the funny thing is, is that I think wasn't it last year the first time that your the person you were paired up with actually wrote a song about you, whereas previously you had just written all the songs about them, but they bailed out before the end of the the class. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm actually feeling pretty good about myself lately, so I think I can have this story without getting depressed the way that it has done for me in the past. But yeah, I've I've literally written six or seven songs in this class, and this yes, this is the first year or last year was the first year that that the person wrote my story and she wrote a great song Jennifer Lynn Simpson by the way very talented songwriter I think out of Atlanta or somewhere in that area 
We should ask her if she knows anything about vote counting. Oh, God! I did it. I'm sorry. (laughs) 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 Um, Anyway, in the past, what happened, David, is not only did they not write the song, but they would drop out of the class. Some of them the next day. Like, I saw them the first day. They tell me my story, and then I never saw them again. And then some of them would last two or three days. And then I actually had one who made it to the final end and said she had a song, but she wasn't ready to play it. I've never heard it. And then Jennifer wrote one last year. <laughs> See, I wouldn't feel bad about that because you should feel good about it because you actually stuck with it. You actually got through it. I, I think it's probably tough for a lot of song. I bet there's a lot of songwriters who drop, who drop out of that class, wouldn't you think? Uh, it, it, it does happen. Yeah. So, you I know, mean, thank you for sharing that, David, because, you know, perspective, and this will lead us eventually to the discussion of our per- new songs. Oh, are you, what, the prompt we chose? Let's not <laughs> yes. give it away. Yes, but I'm just saying perspective might be part of it. Um, in any case, <laughs> yes, in the beginning I, I did. I felt like I, I take things way too personally and, and I, I critique myself way too hard, which will also enter up into our discussion of songwriting processes if we wanted to. It will. Well, actually, that, that was the first thing that came to mind was, um, well, I guess the first thing that came to mind was since you've done all these different types of songwriting, you know, you've taken your time, you've done kind of short periods of time, you've done prompts, you've done any number of things. Do you have a sense of one pulling out better material than another? Is there, is there one that you, you think is better for your, your songwriting as for final products? I thought I knew the answer to your question until you like fine-tuned it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, then no, go back to the general the, question. No, there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. Uh, I, I think I'm going to write a song a week for the rest of my life, uh, hopefully on Saturday mornings with a lovely creamy cafe con leche. Um, I'm willing to accept the fact that if I do this uh, long enough that taking a week off every once in a while will be completely reasonable, but for now... I'm going to get up every Saturday morning, make myself a coffee, and sit down with an instrument. And we'll see what happens. It's not a plan. It's not I have to do it. But I think I will. And and here's what I have to say. I have written some songs. One of the ones, one of the ones that I sent in uh, that we'll talk about is a song that I wrote that took me a very long time to write. And I'm very proud of it. And I think it's one of definitely at the top of my game. Uh, I've written 14 songs in the last 14 weeks, and I think at least half of them are as good as that song. So uh, it's more an issue of um, I'm writing more songs that are just as good as I was when I took forever before. And and that brings up, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here, but okay, so after I got to about six or eight weeks of writing a song in a row, and I had to start saying to myself, well, something's actually happening here whether you're whether you're planning it or not it's something's happening Johnny you know what is this and I thought about it and here's what I will tell you David and this goes back to what I was talking about my criticism of myself and my my knee jerk to assume that something that's going on somehow has to do with me having handled something negatively in some way or shape (laughs) yeah so that entered into my songwriting. So I, I realized one thing that happened is this. I have started writing a ton of songs that probably would have been really good songs 
that I didn't finish because I talked myself into some problem that existed early in the process. And what has been happening for me on these Saturday mornings, I wrote two words down. I was doing some thinking. I wrote a couple of words down. And I wrote down the word trust and I wrote down the word commitment. And what has been happening is I have been trusting myself, which is unusual, and I've been committed to following up. So when I sit out there and I'm doing nothing and all of a sudden something starts to happen and part of my brain goes, oh, how come you keep playing that B minor to that G, John? What's going Uh, on here, uh buddy? Then I say to myself, all right, B minor to G. Let's follow that shit and see what the hell happens. Um, And that's the big difference for me I honestly have been able to tell myself I don't care whether I like the song that I write today or not I don't care if anyone else likes the song that I write today or not what I care is if a song comes to me that I trust myself to follow it and com- and committed to finishing it and then it is what it is yeah and the beauty and here's something you should totally be able to relate to I would imagine because I'm sure that you've talked about this, but if any listeners don't know, David has a, a tradition, I think three years running, going on four. Coming three up. years, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it this coming year, but yeah, the, the, the song, song of day, January. Three years, song of day, January. So David wrote 30 whatever, 31 songs, one a day in one month. At some point, what has to happen is you have to stop caring about what you're doing to some extent, otherwise you can't actually finish it and do the song the next day, I would imagine, right? Well, you talked about the commitment and trust, and I think that's a good way to distill it, because I, I think the thing is for me is that, like, you know, like at least a third of the songs that I'm writing during the January project, I'm like hating life. <laughs> okay. I'm like, this is awful. This is an awful experience. I can't believe, I don't know, this song is going to suck really bad. Uh, what's the, you know, what's the point, you know, and, and, you know, the commitment is kind of important. And that was the first year that was the big deal was just like I had committed to it. I was going to do it. Um, But since then it's been trust as well, because, you know, part of the project was that I had to post it every single day, just like you do every week with your song. Um, And you get feedback from people and you realize, I I think getting feedback from people, it really helps with the self-doubt. Because you get like really great feedback for stuff that maybe you didn't enjoy writing. And and one of the things that I really learned, maybe the most important thing that I learned from that, that project, was that the way that I feel at the time that I'm writing doesn't correspond to the quality of the song. And in fact, it can sometimes be inversely proportional. Sometimes the ones that I, I'm struggling the most with actually end up being liked by people a lot more, you know, um, it's, uh, but, but, you know, it varies, but I, the other thing though, is the commitment thing. I think it's addictive getting stuff done, isn't it, man? <laughs> well now, you know, God, I feel like we're in a therapy session, David. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's okay. We can be therapy. <laughs> we got a group therapy session going on. We all, with all the listeners doing things is the key to peace and happiness. Uh, I hope you're right. No, it is. Um, and, and, and yes, there's a great deal of satisfaction in completing something, right? That's what you're talking about. Absolutely, right? yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because I, 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 I would say that I, I was stuck in the same, you know, the, the standard for me, I think, before, I, you know, the, the past five years or something like that, was that I would write like a couple verses, maybe a chorus, and then I would sit on it. It would, you know, it would just be stalled out. Yeah. And and it would take like months, years to finish it if it got finished at all. And I look back at the whole stash of things that I've gotten. I'm like, wow, there are some great hooks here. And I really wish I had followed up on it. And sometimes it's like, I don't know if you feel this way, but do you ever look back at some of those old ideas and they're just stale? I mean, even though you think they're good ideas, it's hard to get back in the same headspace to finish them. So, you know, that was my sort of gig for a while, like I said earlier, is that I would I would every once in a while, maybe once or twice a year, maybe three times a year, go into my phone and go through, listen to 20 of them. And I always found stuff that I thought was worth following up on. Not every mm-hmm. single one. Not every single one. But I always found stuff that was worth following up on. And um, which, again... You know, goes back to what we were talking about. But, for me, uh, it's for me. I've just found it's easier to write a new song than to go back and try to find that headspace. I think. Um, okay, yeah. and that that brings up what I had forgotten I was going to say, but you just reminded me, which is yes. So in the past, when I have done that, I have always found stuff, and I've written some songs out of that that I was very pleased that I went back and and did that with. Right. Um, now that I've been in this thing for the last fourteen weeks. I love saying that. That's a long time. 14 weeks. (laughs) Yeah. I said to myself after three or four weeks, or maybe five or six weeks, somewhere in there, I said, you know, this is awesome. I'm going to keep, I'm just going to keep kind of doing this. And, you know, I don't have to write a song, but writing songs, it's felt good. If I can, I might as well keep doing it. And part of me thought, you know, you've got, good Lord, you haven't gone back into that phone for probably two or three years you have probably a couple of hundred song I honestly a couple of hundred song ideas in there that you that you could go back in and listen to and so if you're sitting there one morning and you're halfway through your coffee and nothing is coming to you pull your phone out and whip through a few right and that hasn't come up yet David so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens maybe at that point in time it was because I wasn't coming up with new ideas and now I am I don't know yeah I you know I I guess one of the questions in my mind sometimes because I like I said, there's a lot of hooks that I think are really, really cool, and I just I'm not doing anything with them. And sometimes I think, well, maybe I should maybe I should try to farm them out. Maybe I should try to find some other songwriter who'd be interested in working with it. There are people that really you know get off on working on other people's stuff, so you know that might be a direction to go. Yeah, it sounds like you just described a couple of my ex girlfriends there. Oh really? <laughs> but boom. boom. Well, hey man, let's uh, let's try to narrow the focus here a little bit because you sent me a couple songs. Yeah, I was wondering when we get to to listen to and talk about the stuff, man. Well, we yeah, I think we yeah we've had a good conversation so Enough far. Enough this philosophical garbage, man. What? What? Are you, what? what? <laughs> this ain't garbage, man. This is the the meat of the matter. This is um, the marrow of the bones. Thank, my thank you. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, I think we're going to start with, uh, well, I just like to laugh every once in a while. So I'll do that. Hey, laughing is, is, is a lovely thing. Okay. Thank you. I approve of laughter. (laughs) It may not seem like it sometimes. That was a little forced, but yeah. Okay. One of the songs you sent was Red Hill Road. So we're going to start with that one, John. Is this on any of your albums? Yes. This is uh, a cut off my newest record, uh, which is called four. 
All right. So this is Red Hill Road by John Bunsley off the album Four. That was a dark song, John. That was a dark song. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about uh, what or who inspired that song? Absolutely. I mean, thank you for saying that about the dark thing. That that, that one falls only about halfway through my darkness scale. Uh, I, 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 I mean, let's just, I think since we're talking about songwriting and we're talking about me, how, I should how dark say this. Do you, how dark do you go, John? I, I, I like to write dark songs it, it does it does move me and it's an interesting thing because it it moves some people but some people it does not i uh, some of the, especially the some of the commercial things that i've gone to i had one guy from nashville he seemed like a nice guy 
nobody listening to this will have any idea who I'm talking about, hopefully. Um, you don't want to say his name? You're not going to name oh, drop him? I'm not going to say his name. No. <laughs> no, laddie. That's not going to happen. Wait, wait. You but, don't want to uh, slam uh, all the uh, music professionals that you I mean, not all into? of them. Not all of them. A lot of them are wonderful <laughs> human beings. Um, the point is this. I played a song for him, which was one of my dark songs. And, um, and you know, he could have talked about darkness, lightness, in terms of a market perspective. Because when you're in a commercial situation that brings up other types of discussions than you and I are going to have tonight about songwriting. But he didn't do that. Uh, he made fun of me. And it was really funny because he's like... He made fun of you. He actually... Oh, yeah, I was... He oh. made fun of you or is that just your perception that he was making Well, I'll tell you what happened and you tell me, okay? Because okay. you, you bring up a good point. He could have said nothing and I could feel that, right? But he goes... He goes... He just looks at me and he goes... Oh, John, are you sad? Are things not going well? He goes, I mean, yeah, you could write songs about that, about your problems. Or, hey, what about the crazy idea of writing something happy that other people would actually enjoy listening to? <laughs> Nobody's ever made a career out of writing sad songs. I disagree with you. <laughs> But not the kind of career that he was uh, looking to uh, move people into. So it's all good. But anyway, your your description. Was that my problem or was I being accurate in the, in the making fun of uh, description? Um, it sounds like, well, you know, it's, it's hard to say because I don't know exactly how he said it. You, you exactly know, the way that I just did. Your exactly memory of the it. way. Your memory of it is, is, it does sound like there was some sarcasm involved there. So. Oh, thank you. Okay, we'll go with that. All right, moving on. Okay, uh, Red Hill Road, right? Is that what I'm supposed to be talking that, about That right is now? the song that we just played, John. We pl just played Red Hill Road by John Bunsley off of the album four. Is it, <laughs> so, is it is the album four or is it John Bunsley four? No, no, it's, it's the, the title of the album is, is four. Or IV. Well, IV, but Roman numeral four. It's not IV. It's not about medical procedures? A lot of people think it's about heroin. And it's dark, and so it probably fits. But anyway, no. Well, there's it, it was, no, there's no, there, they don't explicitly mention heroin in this song. But do you no. feel like that's part of the subtext of the song, John? No. Um, what alcohol, is the subtext of the song? Alcohol oh. is uh, okay. Okay, so here's one of these songs. A quick, quick, uh, quick little idea to to set me up for rolling into this one. Uh, are you familiar with Daryl Scott? Daryl yes. Scott is a yeah, very very uh, you know well known songwriter who has written in all kinds of different ways for other people, for himself, etc. Anyway, I've, I've had the good fortune of meeting the man a, a few times and taking a few classes with him. And in one, he talked about something which I came to really understand, and I think I'm rolling with it now a lot more, which is this. A song is a gift. Can you relate to that? Sure. In other words, he says the universe sends songs out to people. And a song comes to me. And what I used to do is go, wow, cool idea. I'm going to put it down on my recorder. And what I do now is go, oh, I have to write this song. So it's that, it's that issue about an idea coming to you and you having a responsibility to take that gift and craft it and then create a new gift which you put out into the world. That, that's interesting because this, this turns you into kind of like a songwriting spider-man here with great power comes great responsibility and your power is the power of songwriting that's correct i, I think i'm working on a costume 
You're a sonic superhero. For, for my songwriting superhero, but I haven't got it yet. So anyway, uh, so the way things used to work for me is I would get an idea and very often get distracted. But what would be great would be when I was in a circumstance when an idea would come to me and I would have a great deal of openness and preordained time and space to work on it. So here's what happened. I'm heading up into the mountains with my then girlfriend to a cabin to spend a nice long weekend in the mountains in a cabin doing nothing, right? Beautiful. So we were late and we hadn't ever been there before and we, we thought we were lost and we were on this dark, very dark, no street lights, no lights of any kind, uh, dirt road heading up into the mountains and uh, we weren't sure if we were in the right place or not. So we're driving along and all of a sudden off to the left, very, very far off from the road, interestingly enough, is a street sign. Okay, I mean, we're in the mountains. There's no street lights, there's no pavement, but all of a sudden there's a street sign. And it was funny. And the funniest thing about it is it was set such that you couldn't actually read it in the dark because your headlights were at a different angle than the sign, right? So we actually stopped the vehicle. I got out of the car and I put the little light on my phone keeps coming up. I put the little light on my phone on. This is the, the, this phone is very important to you, isn't it, John? Apparently so. Yeah, just, you can just you can retitle the uh, the episode John Bunsley's phone. Anyway, I walk up to this little uh, this little metal street sign, and it says Red Hill Road. And two things happened. One of which is the street we were supposed to be on to find our cabin was indeed Red Hill Road, so we were not lost, which was beautiful. Uh, and the second thing was, as I said to myself, well, I think I know the title to my next song. Nice. Now, this, uh, this sign, you know those very um, rectangular, long, narrow signs that have a street name on them, right? And they, they often show up at intersections pointing in two different directions, right? But that's, that's, that's you mean a, a standard street sign right yeah but not the big ones a small one that's on a on a on a uh, post sure okay. okay and so it's one of those and it had to have been put up there like I don't know 40 or 50 years before I was looking at it okay it, it was old it was the paint on it was faded it was rusty and it had at least two or three bullet holes in it oh <laughs> okay and immediately to me, I was like, oh, I've got a, I've got a whole story that's going to come out of this one little sign. So anyway, we ended up at the cabin. And the next day, at some point in time, uh, the girlfriend went off to read a book. And I headed out to the deck with my guitar and spent a few hours messing around. And the way that this song came up was I created an entire rather long, rather detailed crime drama like probably what could be written into a novel in my head. I had this whole story about these two characters who had a really, really poor uh, a romantic relationship, and then they head into crime, and, you know, blood, violence, destruction, that kind of stuff. Riveting, and, riveting storytelling. You know, I mean, this is, this, is, this is good stuff, man. Oh, well, thank you. I, this is, <laughs> hey, has anybody ever told you that uh, maybe you should think about writing happy songs? No. But we can talk about that later. Maybe, you know, I think we should write, I think you should rewrite this song as Up on Red Hill Road. Up on, oh, I love it. And, and so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. 
<laughs> and they're what? They're what? What are they doing up on Red Hill Road, David? They're dancing. <laughs> they are. They just had a lobster fest, and they're that's, listening to some Jimmy Buffett. That's right. And uh, after that, they're going to go into a John Denver, kind of the down portion of the evening, right? So yeah. anyway, so I, I have this whole story in my head, and I start thinking... You have way too much information, way, way, way too much information. So I decided to totally dive the other direction. And I decided that my goal, sort of as a self-challenge while I was working on this song, was that I was gonna try to tell my story, giving as few details as possible. So you had things like their bank account numbers, yes. that like the, the, the keys to their lockers at the gym. Shoe size maybe like what the mileage was in the car, that kind of stuff. Is that what you, you had the first go round? How many sexual partners each of the two had had prior to this relationship? Oh, cause I mean, Oh yeah. They, they were swingers. Yeah. That, that can add a lot. I can't uh, tell. I can't tell the details. They're gone. They're gone now. Did any, either of them, I'm assuming neither of them had a <laughs> retirement plan. Uh, they did, but it was, it was not a good retirement plan. And retire and and, and and life insurance was they did not have a life insurance policy, the, or at least in in the in, in the previous version you probably spent several verses talking about uh, all the subsections in their their life insurance plan and why this doesn't qualify. It was really more about you know what type of sharp, pointy objects they were going to bring with them that I you know focused my details on. But anyway, ah, whole, okay. whole point I is. I see. I, I sat down and I started writing this song, and here's the funny part of it. So it was pretty successful. I spent a few hours. I wrote, I don't know, maybe about three quarters of it. Felt good about it. Ended up finishing it, and ended up on my new record. I just at some point in time, I decided that one of the details I was going to give, because you got to give some details, otherwise you have nothing. Otherwise you have hippie music, which well, you could do an okay. instrumental, John. You could always do an instrumental. There you go. But anyway, I, I did decide that, that the female lead character was going to have a name. And as a matter of fact, it was the first word in the song. So it was important. And I kept going through and I kept, I kept going, Susie, no, that doesn't work. Carol, no, that doesn't work. Go ahead. Well, when you first started writing the song was, I mean, how did the lyrics even come to you? Did you start off with like placeholder lyrics that you were no, going to no. change? Or? I, 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 what I did was, as I said, I, I had the whole story uh -huh. and then I just started pulling little pieces of it out Okay. and building the verses out of those, if that makes any sense. Sure, it's like, sure. You know, you have four details and you just pick the first one. But you knew, you, you knew and, even before you started writing that you wanted to start with a name. You know, I can't remember exactly when that happened, to be completely honest with you, David. We're going back a couple of years now. Oh, so, okay. Well, um, please continue. But no, 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 I'm just sounding. It's like I can't remember exactly, but it was early in the process. Yeah. But I had problems coming up with this name. And so I kept just trying to, what, 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 what name is it going to be? And none of the names that I came up with. I mean, like, for example, Lay Down Sally. Yeah. Great song. Let's say that instead you had said Lay Down Rebecca. Yeah, wouldn't have been the same. It wouldn't just might not have worked, right? So this, right. Is, this was the challenge I was having. And all of a sudden, I was out on the deck of the cabin, and I look through the window, and there is my then-girlfriend lying on the couch and reading a book. And her name is Amber. <gasps> and so I... I'm going to pretend like I haven't heard this story a bunch, but go ahead. It's, it's okay. I look at her, and I say, I, I go, Amber... And then I started running it through my head, and I said, oh, that might work. 
And then I, I sang it, which is for me the ultimate choice of whether a song works or not, is hearing it actually sung. Um, and I was like, well, shit, that's it, I got it. But here's the thing. This character gets killed later in the song. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit bloody. <laughs> and this was, uh, this was a girlfriend uh, at the time. We were very early in our relationship. But uh, in any case, it was kind of funny, and it's a little little odd story that I thought I'd share with you there regarding this song. And we did we did give your, your girlfriend at the time a whole lot of crap every time you played that song, so that was that was fun. <laughs> That's all I got for you, buddy. Nice, man. Well, it's a great song. It's a great story to, a song. It's just got a lot of good good darkness to it and everything, so. Ah, darkness. Uh, Alright, well, let's uh, let's play another song. Thank you. All right, here's a song from John that, knowing his penchant for dark songs, I'm certain this is an homage to Stephen King. It's called Shining. Is it on an album as well? No. No, this is unalbumed yet, but Relatively it better get on song. an album because it's a great song. So, Oh, thank you. Here we go. Shining by John Bunsley.
John? Yes. I'm going to have to say that despite the fact that it does mention a ghost in the lyrics, I'm disappointed that there's no frozen Jack Nicholson in a hedge maze by the end of the song. So I I, I feel like it's a little bit false advertising. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm really sorry, David. Seriously, though, John, I want to say this. This is one of my my very my very favorite songs of oh, yours. Really? Oh, thank I, you. I just absolutely love this song, and it creates. Oh. It's just. It's it's not too complex, but it just nails, it just nails that moment. You know, you're just saying goodbye, and and uh, the whole sunset, and I mean, it's just it's it's a lovely lovely song, John. I, I, I'm glad that you chose this one to have on the show. Well, thank you. So I, I'd love to hear you know more about it. What what inspired this song? How did you get started on it? So I, I don't I don't eat fast food very often, but I got a, a Big Mac, and uh, this is a song about fast food. Oh my God! It gave me uh, really I get some kind of food poisoning from it. And this song was no. I'm just kidding. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so it's that kind oh, of saying goodbye. It's the kind. So the reason. Okay, seriously, the reason that I included this song in this particular thing is because. Uh, so while it is a song which is uh, what I call a newish song for me, uh, and newish songs are songs which were completed after my last record or after it was too late to put them on my last record. Uh -huh. Uh, so, you know, a couple of years old at the most, maybe not quite that old. Um, but this is a song that took a long, long time to come together. And that's the reason that I thought it would be interesting to put on here. Just, you know. How, how long is a long time? I mean, honestly, I don't honest, I don't exactly know. More uh, than I a year? Was yes. it more than a year? Okay. Uh, I would say it was more than a year. I'm not huh. sure it was quite two years. Um, it might have been a year and a half, but it was it was a long time. And I'll, I'll walk through real quickly what the process was for you here. Um, this is one of those songs where I came up with uh, the musical riff. I came up with that um, with that chorus. Down, 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 down. Uh -huh. you know, what, is, what is the beginning part of the song? Uh, just one day I was playing along, you know, uh, started playing that, came up with that, and I was like, oh. Oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> I like that. But nothing else came to me, and I was not in the space of chasing. I, I recorded it and kept it, and I came back to it fairly soon. It wasn't something that I sat left sitting forever. And I came back to it, and I was like, okay, what, what have I got here? I have no idea what this is. I had no, you know, there was no lyrical concept whatsoever it was just this groove that I thought was cool and eventually I came up with the chorus and I cannot tell you I mean where did that come from I cannot tell you um, I think that most people experience loss in their lives in small 
and sometimes large ways just it's part of life um, whether it's that kitten that 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 you know ran out in front of the house when it shouldn't have or whether it's a relationship or whether it's your father uh, and there's different types of losses you know you lose a job you know I mean there's just loss is a thing which is part of life but it doesn't have to be something that is negative or destructive or something that's going to bring you down it's just another phase experience that you go through and so that's where the chorus came from it was really it was about loss and then I said okay well now I need verses and this kept taking you know sometimes it would be a couple of months between the times I would sit down and try to work on it and I wrote an entire verse which I will not discuss in any detail with you or share with you what, what what do you mean? This is this is exactly where you would want to discuss that. It's just the one where you're you're talking about the old shirt that you were throwing away, and that's what the song's about. Oh no! Wait a minute! I'm lying. I wrote the first verse first, and I liked the first verse, and that was that was the one that's about the, the, the you know the whole image of that verse is a sun setting, basically. I would say right. But then then I wrote the second verse, and I won't tell you about that one, so you can give me shit again. Why why but why why don't you want to? Because it sucked. It sucked and it was wrong. Well, but this is and, interesting. No, but this is, uh, you know. Okay, I'll, I'll give you some I'm, I'm going to say this. I think you... that would be possibly interesting to, to hear the missteps as okay. well as the successful ones. I will give you some uh, some detail. I will not give you specificity because I'm because I'm far too ridiculously proud. And, and I should let go of that. But right now it's holding on. So there you go. Um, Remember, John, you I, I rejected this verse. You decided. Yes. Your, your taste, your good taste said... This See, good. I love the way you do that, David. Thank you. So here's what wasn't good. I started writing a song about a specific individual. Ah, okay. And the loss of that specific individual and the details of who that individual was and how the loss occurred. And it turned out that in and of itself, the verse may have been a perfectly good verse, but not for this song. Yeah. And so then... A long time happened. I think the last time might have been three or four months before I finally sat down again and I said, look, you got to write another verse here, buddy, because <laughs> you like this song. You got to finish it. And then, then I came up with the idea of using the, um, the sailing metaphor of the ship leaving the harbor. Yeah, which is And so wonderful. that was the whole second verse. I love that verse. verse. And, they, and it worked, but it was, a, it was a, not a, a smooth process. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd, I'd have to say, well, it's interesting because, you know, they, I think they, a lot of songwriting instructors, you know, try to get you to put more personal information in. And the idea that you went with more of a general feel, I think really works in this case. I, I think it's a song that a lot of people would be able to relate to and would be good for playing. I mean, I can see it. I don't know. You've, you've. As we discussed at the in the intro, you've had your music in a lot of films, and this would be totally something that would fit into any number of films. It would it could fit a mm. lot of different scenes, and and that means that it would fit a lot of people's personal scenes as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, so I think you, I think you made a good choice. I think you made a uh, well. I mean, it's hard to say because I didn't hear the other verse, but. But I think it's an interesting choice, and I think that you you ended up with a great song by making that choice. So, I mean, sometimes things work. Yeah. All right. Well, 
now that we've talked about John's normal songwriting process, we're going to dip into the Raw Songwriting Challenge. And this is uh, the tradition with this show is that I will challenge all the guests to, to write a song within a week. And I'll usually send them a choice of prompts. And so why don't we look at that? Well, let's look at the prompts that I gave John, and we can kind of find out why he chose the ones that he did. Okay. Uh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> but the uh, and, and you're gonna you're gonna tell us too the same thing, right? See, this is the part where we get to hear some stories about David too, right? Uh, not really, because I basically oh, okay. uh, I basically right, okay. I, I try to go with the same choice that, that oh the that's right chooses. that's right so, I told so you it's what easier I was for me. Use. Now I that forgot. being said, that I I, I usually, forgot about that. The way that I actually choose these is I I'll go to this random word generator and I'll pull up like five words and I'll be like. Okay, that looks interesting to me. And I'll pull up okay. five quotes and I'll say, that one looks interesting to me. So I am making choices here. Uh, but I don't remember what the other words were or the other quotes. So we can't go into that too much. Uh, but I am gaming the system. So that does mean that whatever you choose is something I'm interested in writing about. Oh. So, yeah. All right. So here's the, here's the prompt sheet that I sent John. The first word was growlery, which is uh, British English. And it's a noun that means a place to retreat to alone when ill-humored. A place to retreat to alone when ill-humored. Growlery. G-R-O-W-L-E-R-Y. Growlery. Okay, uh, I sent him a random fact. In Svalbard, a remote Norwegian island, it is illegal to die. This is because bodies are unable to be buried safely due to the permafrost on the ground. If you're about to die, they fly you back to mainland Norway to pass on there. I think that's an interesting fact. That, that's crazy. I have to agree. Yeah, but, I mean, why can't they fly you back after you die? Is it, is it something like, uh, like if you're born, you're, you're born within a country's soil, uh, you're, you know, you're a citizen? Is it sort of like that, that if you die on a country soil, you have to be buried there? I mean, is that... Well, no, know. it's the opposite of that. You can't be buried there, so you well, have to be buried Well, in this case, else. I'm just saying, why do they have to make you leave there before you die? Why can't they ship you off afterward? A little bit weird. Yeah, anyway. It raises so many questions for me. Okay, <laughs> speaking of questions, the random question uh, that I sent John was, if you had an extra hour a day that had to be allocated to one specific purpose... How would you use it? Maybe you like buttering bread. Maybe you want to spend an hour buttering bread every, every day. Who knows? You could have written a song about that. But John did not choose any of those. The one that he chose was this photograph that we have of is a set of rose-colored glasses sitting on a pier by a lake. So, John, why did you decide to choose that and not the others? Okay. Let's go through them one at a time. Growlery. Growlery cracked me up. I thought it was very, very funny. And I thought, I cannot write a song with the word growlery in it. Because every time I sing growlery, I will burst out in laughter. And that will not lead to a good performance of the song. And well, so I moved, I moved past it. Just, 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 I, one thing I thought that I, I was actually thinking you might choose this one. Because to me, it sounds like a drinking song. Isn't isn't the uh, I I'm not a much of a drinker, but isn't there a, a type of drink called a growler? Well, a growler is what they call those uh, bottles. Uh, 
I don't know how I don't know how big they are. Maybe a gallon, maybe less than a gallon. Okay. They have a little handle on the side, and you get them filled at breweries, like breweries that you know you can't go out and buy their cans, but you can go and get your growler filled. I didn't even make that connection. That, that me, was, was all going to be about drinking song. I was just thinking, oh, John's going to. Totally I'm so go sorry. It it just made me laugh. Okay, that's, that's all cool. I can tell you. And laughing doesn't lead to dark songs, man. So you know. That's true. Uh, oh, the next one. Well, the, sometimes the, yeah, laughing that, leads to really dark songs. That can, yeah. It's, <laughs> okay. Um, so, the illegal to die. I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was. Um, was that going to make you laugh com- too much too? No, a completely different type of <laughs> hilarity. Uh, just like what the fuck? I mean, seriously, you can't. You can't. I mean, like you said, you've passed away. We will now put you in a body bag, in a refrigerated container, and fly you to the mainland where you can get your. Or how about this? I would think opening a crematorium would be an excellent business decision on the island. So anyway, I thought that was a really cool idea. I didn't know how to write a song about it. it to me, it sounded like the kind of song, uh, somebody who would write a song about that would be like John Prine. And, and you know, about making it humorous that, oh, well, it's time to die, but I, I, well, I guess I can't do it until I get on the helicopter and take my flight, you know. But anyway, I didn't go there. Uh, the extra hour, if you had an extra hour a day to just fulfill one activity, I decided I did not want to write a song about masturbation. So that moved me right past that one. <laughs> Do you want me to talk about the glasses on the lake now? Well, I don't know. Would you rather play the song first and just talk about it that way? Or I mean, uh, let why, me why don't you, you just tell us about why you chose this one? Was it just was it a process of elimination, or did okay, it? Okay. Yes. Well, let me tell you why I chose this one, and let me tell you the three ideas that I came up with, and then you can play the song, and we'll see which one went went into the song. Is that okay? Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds perfect. Okay. So, I was attracted to it because I felt that as a photograph, it gave me a lot more liberty than a word. Um, That that there was a lot of different directions that I could take this. And immediately, I actually had several different thoughts. The first one was um, a song about a, a lover who is on vacation with his cohort on a beautiful lake and a a lovely home. And they have this lovely pier that they sunbathe on when they go swimming in the lake, right? And um, he goes out to buy food and go to the liquor store to make uh, tacos and margaritas for dinner. And he's gone maybe an hour and he comes back to the lake and his, his girlfriend is gone and there, there's no note there's no indication of where she may have gone and as he's searching around the, the house and the property he finally makes it down to the deck and all that he sees are the sunglasses that she was wearing when he said goodbye to her as she was laying there in her bikini sunbathing on the deck so that was the first idea I came huh. up with very cool very cool so that was the first idea the second idea that I had was sort of a summer's past idea, sort of a, a retrospective, a nostalgic kind of a song about, you know, how beautiful it was swimming in the lake and, you know, cooking hot dogs on the grill afterwards and your young love that you experienced who wore those beautiful pink glasses or, you know, something along that line. That's, that's number two. The third idea, and this was one that you'll find interesting, I think. Um, the third idea was just the very, you know, the very basic thing of this is a pair of rose-colored glasses. 
which may have been what a lot of people thought the very first time they thought it, but I thought about murder, kidnapping, and stuff like that. But yeah, so I'm like rose-colored glasses, and rose-colored glasses has this, you know, generic image of being something that you that you use as a filter to somehow uh, change your vision of the world. Usually, the implication is that there's some sort of positive effect of putting that rose-colored filter on. Uh, though sometimes people, you know, it has been used as a thing that it's like being naive and not paying attention to reality when you wear your rose-colored glasses. So that is a direction that you could have gone with it. But the idea that I had was actually using it as a positive thing. And so during the last year of my life, there's been a lot of negativity. Um, you know, I had a very serious brain injury. To be completely honest, I almost died twice in 24 hours. It took a long time to heal from that. And then there's all of a sudden this thing with the pandemic and, you know, you're losing your friends and you're losing your music and you're losing this and you're losing that and you're losing it. I have been in a process of very consciously trying to focus on positive things, however small they may be, and feeling gratitude for these things. Um, so I work in my day job at home and, uh, you know, have no coworkers that I ever see physically. And my boss and I try to connect once a day. It doesn't always work, but we try to connect once a day and tell each other at least one positive thing that we feel gratitude for that might have occurred the day before. And so that was then sort of what fell into my third idea of this sort of rose-colored glasses thing. Those were the three ideas, sir. So now drum you may roll, play the please. Song. Drum roll, please. <laughs> We're going to play the and song, you and you might be able to figure like out. If you don't like blood, you might want to, you know, uh, no, never what, mind. What kind of, yes, dark, disturbing uh, uh, dystopia has John created for us this time? No, uh, let's listen to the song, and you, this shall reveal to you which of those three stories he decided to tell. Indeed. Here's John's raw songwriting challenge song. Shining, 
shade of gray rainbow colors beautiful day looking at the world through my rose colored glasses made a conscious choice for my day looking at the Rose-Colored Glasses by John Bunsley. This one is also not on an album quite yet, but, but certainly will be when you do your uh, the album that you're going to do that combines all the uh, the week songs that you've been doing. Because you, I'm assuming this is the one where you sat down with your uh, your mocha cappuccino or whatever beverage of choice. And, and hombre, hombre, did, café con leche. Was this, do you consider this part of that 14-week that process? Is that one yes. of those songs? Yeah, so I cheated, and I told you I was going to do this. I said I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to sit down on Saturday and write whatever I write, which will be the song that I use for your thing. Well, let me let me just you didn't cheat because let me let me put out there. I utilized this. the tool. I, I would say that that I this this whole program. I was trying to figure out what the heck I've been doing with with music, and I came up with this podcast just because I've been doing some podcasts in other areas, and. One of the things, though, that was inspiring me was that I saw that you were doing this. You were writing a song every week, and I was like, you know, it'd really be nice to get back into that kind of uh, kind of consistent routine. And so uh, the fact that you used it as part of that process, I think, is is perfect because I, right, I consider it to be a little bit of an inspiration for for me putting together this show because I'm now on a week long commitment, a weekly commitment as well. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, you have given yourself a lot more work than me because you have to write a song, but you also have to produce a podcast. <laughs> it's. I think we talked earlier about how uh, it's good to be busy. It's good to be yes, busy. It is. Do things. Do things, brother. Yeah. So talk to me, man. What's so? Once you had the prompt, and you had, I know you said you had the three ideas. Uh, well, I mean, have we already talked about the process, or is there anything unique that? was different about this one compared to some of the other ones from your 14-day period? Here's what happened. 
uh, I went out. Well, no, the, the, I think it was too cold to go out. I think I've taken to sitting down at my dining room table with my coffee and my instrument these days. <laughs> but I sat down and, um, you know, I think that uh, what sometimes happens is you start writing a song before you start writing a song. And sometimes you do it unconsciously. But I had an idea of what this prompt was going to be maybe a day or two before I actually sat down to write it. And I'm sure it was cooking a little bit in my head. Mm-hmm. And during that period of time, there was the thinking about, oh, well, you know, do you want to go with the, uh, you know, which of these ideas is it that you want to try to, to go with? And I just said to myself, I, I, uh, we'll see. I'm not going to worry about that. Uh, I'll get up on Saturday morning and I'll drink coffee and we'll see what happens. And what happened, uh, you know, this is just not that this is fascinating, but this is what happened. <laughs> uh, we, I, we want the dirty details here, John. This is, uh, dirty this is not just anybody's listening to this program. It's songwriters and they oh, want to know. What kind of crap did you have to work through to get this song done? Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad at all. Um, I'm, you know, sitting there drinking my coffee, and I just, I put my hot? hands. Was it hot? Did you burn your tongue? It was hot, but I did not burn my tongue. I make okay. this coffee by myself. It's perfect, dude. Café con leche. It's perfect. That's that's true. You you are kind of a... a... I have an Italian machine that I use to make it. <laughs> you actually, yeah, okay. I do, dude. This is good stuff. Anyway. What I do is I literally, I just put my hands on my instrument and they start moving. And I don't know what they're going to do. And what, I don't even remember how it started, but I was just, I was doing, just playing. And all of a sudden I realized that I was repeating a B minor to a G. And I thought, oh, I'm repeating B minor to G. Uh, I was doing it very, very slowly, at least half the tempo of the song, maybe even slower than that. And I went back and forth a couple of times, and I said, well, this sounds pretty much like Wild Horses by the Rolling Stones. I don't think they go to a B minor, but they go to something pretty, uh, excuse me, I don't think they go to the to the C, to the G, but uh, they go to something, and it's similar. And I'm sitting there, and my brain goes, well throw that idea away because that's no good. And then the other part of my brain goes, no, 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 follow that idea and see what happens. Mm. So I did. And over a period of time, it got faster. And somehow at some point in time, um, I started moving from the G into what became the chorus. And then all of a sudden, the line looking at the world through my rose-colored glasses fit right into one of the music parts that I was playing. And it kind of rolled from there. And it took probably about three hours. Um, and there was definitely, this is interesting, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to make my sound, myself sound like I'm a really negative, dark person or anything like that, but um, this has been, this happened to me almost every week. Not every week. There's been one or two weeks where everything was just like, Boom, hitting it out of the park from the very first time I started making noise, you know. But what happened during this is there were several times when I said to myself, uh, this is hogwash, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but the mode that I'm in right now is I would answer myself and I said, well, I'm following this idea to see what happens. That's Commitment what and trust. Commitment and trust. Those were your two exactly. buzzwords earlier, yeah. Yes, sir. So there you go. Well, all right. Well, there are, as is customary, there are always two songs that get written for every episode. Yes. One is by the guest, 
and one is by the host, who, uh, that being me. <laughs> and, ah, good, uh, good, good, okay. I, yeah, no, I know, I'm not slipping in a, a, you know, a guest host by, uh, uh, just sort of by surprise. So I wrote know. a song, and I decided to work on the same prompt. And, uh, in fact, it has the same title as John's song. Even though I knew the title before I did title it, but I was already using that phrase in the song lyrics, and yeah, yeah, it just yeah. it kind of made sense. But the but we, we ended up with with two very different songs because because one thing that I saw in that picture was not just rose colored glasses, but rose colored John Lennon glasses, and that ah, yes. kind of informed the structure of the song. So let's the let's round play it frames. Here. Yeah, the round frames, the, the wire rim glasses. And uh, so, all right, this is uh, this is my version of rose-colored glasses.
from these rose-colored glasses And you'll start to understand I'm gonna lift you up Gonna take you Thank you, John. Thank you. So, uh, <laughs> one of the conversations that, uh, while we were prepping for the show, John was asking about, you know, how produced does the song need to be uh, for the show? And, uh, you know, it's varied. If you've been listening along, you'll notice that the, the first episode, both the songs were pretty pretty well produced. And then the second ones have been fairly lightly produced. They've just been kind of, you know, recordings with, with some EQ. And and then this one, John was asking about that. And, you know, I, I kind of left it up to him. But uh, but it did get me thinking. I was like, oh, I wonder if John's doing the same kind of psychedelic thing. So I better I better put a little bit of extra extra mustard into this song. So <laughs> and unfortunately, I, I didn't. I I wish I'd had more time. I I'm always running late when I'm getting these songs written. It seems my original idea was that I would write a song really quickly at the beginning, and then I would spend the rest of the week maybe doing an arrangement or something. But it hasn't really worked that way. It's all been crammed together, and uh, there's some gaps in this song where those are intended to have some psychedelic freak out instrumental kind of stuff, but uh, or or just echoes going crazy, a little bit of dissonance. Um, so if you hear those gaps where there are no lyrics, that's what's intended to be there. And maybe in the future, I'll, I'll work that out. So, <laughs> so this is the song that I put together and I was more stumped. In fact, I, uh, John chose that one. That was probably my least favorite of the four prompts. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, don't be sorry, <laughs> but that's, it's more of a challenge, right? So, um, but I was kind of lost. I, 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 the, the, the melody of the chorus came up pretty quickly. And I had some, you know, kind of temporary words that I was using, but I knew those didn't fit. Uh, I knew that I was doing kind of a Beatlesque type of thing. That was what I was going for. So I wanted it to be kind of a positive love kind of message. But at the same time, it was reminding me a bit of... That song, I Want to Destroy You by the Soft Boys. Do you know that one? I do not. I want to destroy you. You ever nice. heard that? No, that I was on a. It's a great song. It's a great song. It's a great song. And I think they most recently had it on, a, on some like a Subway commercial or something like that. Or some sort of, or Quiznos or some sub sandwich TV thing. But whatever. It's like from 1979. 
and the boy i'm trying to remember the you you might recognize the uh, robin hitchcock is the lead singer of that band you know robin oh, yeah. hitchcock I, yeah. I mean i've heard of him i'm not that familiar with his music to tell you the weird truth. stuff he sings about like ants and insects and stuff and oh, cool. it's uh egyptian cream and people with light bulb heads he's very he's very eccentric but i, I think he's great but his stuff with the soft boys were just was just sublime so, so I had that those kind of two intentions kind of going back and forth. So I ended up writing a song that's about love, but I, I feel like it could be taken either positive, either in a positive way or a negative way, because it could be we talk about illusions towards the end there, and you know the whole song could be like uh, that one line I have in there is reaching out, you grasp at illusions, solutions always slip through your hands. But then try on these rose-colored glasses and you'll start to understand or whatever. And, you know, that's actually a little bit of a nod to the idea that, well, maybe this is just the next best illusion. Mm. And that it's all, you know, avoiding the truth just to stay a little happy. But I I don't really judge in this song. I, I just see it as potentially being workable either way. But it was, uh, but I think I started out with more like some sort of relationship type of thing, like, like you turn me down and I'm gonna, I'm gonna win your heart. That's I think how I started. Then I decided I wanted to go with here, more... here. Put on these rose-colored glasses and you might like me better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think you know these days that's maybe it's always been creepy. But when I was a kid, I always felt like, oh well, I could convince this person to love me, you know, yeah. even if they, you know, I got an initial rejection, but. These days, I think that's that's pretty well frowned upon. That certainly was my mo for a while. Uh, so I could have related to that, but I ultimately didn't decide to go that way because uh, I wanted to have a more positive song. I mean, the other option was I was trying to win an argument. It was sort of like I'm going to change your mind. Okay, it was the other direction I considered. Well, I really liked it. I mean, I got to tell you, it's kind of it's kind of a cool thing to. Um... And I think, you know, the fact that you, I mean, it, I was listening through to it, and there's actually certainly a few other ways that you could go with a title that would work really well. But sure. I think it's kind of cool to have two songs that were written, you know, at least from the same starting point, vaguely, that have the same title and see how very, very different they can be. You know, I thought yeah. that was really, really, really cool. Um, I liked your melodies. I really liked the um, the spacey the spacey uh, aspect of the song. Uh, and, you know, you start talking about, you know, escaping through a hole after the constellations do this and there's a hole in the sky <laughs> and you, you get all wacky there. And I, I loved that part. That was really cool. 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 Um, and then um, I wrote notes here. What was the other thing that I said? Uh, oh, just an interesting point, a really minor thing that probably most people wouldn't really find uh, worthy of even discussing. But um, you did something that used to be a much more sort of popular craft tool to use when writing songs. And, and, and over the years, it's kind of drifted away from that. It still happens, but it doesn't happen anywhere near as much as it used to. And that is that you started the, the song with your chorus. Oh, yeah. That was a... Yeah. Well, that, that felt like a Beatles thing, because the Beatles did that a lot. The Beatles did that a lot. That was one of the things I was thinking about. Interestingly enough... My song "Shining" that we listened to earlier does the same thing. Same thing, and it's not a thing that I do very often. But sometimes, I mean, I thought it was very effective in this song. I don't know why you chose to do it, but oh, because it was Beatley. And the funny thing is, I didn't think about 
uh, the John Lennon glasses thing. But I did think you were using kind of some Beatlesque uh, techniques. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> so awesome, dude. Thank you. Well, it's interesting that the the my structural brain goes into a it, it, it starts to get kind of weird if I use a chorus as the opening thing because mm. usually you have like maybe two choruses before you go to a bridge, right? And this this the way this was, I was thinking, well, do I want to do two? You know, start with that chorus and then just do one or two more choruses there. That was because I, I was thinking that maybe I would go straight into the bridge after the second verse. So I, I was kind of, I don't know, that was just a, you know, it's like I have a informal rule in my brain about how many choruses you're supposed to have. So I, yeah. I was almost deterred by that, but uh, but I, I, I kind of like the way that it ended up that way. So I think it particularly works, I don't know what this means, but I think it particularly works if it's a really strong chorus. Because then it sort of has the value of, repeating one more time that it wouldn't in a song that did not start with the chorus because because you're right usually you're adding a chorus to the song by starting with it because you've got it in the yeah. places you already need it and then boom there's an extra one up front anyway just something that i noticed from a craft perspective well thank you thank you for the the analysis now now john we we haven't talked about this but john actually hosted a critique group and i actually was co-host for a while but john was the real main host uh, of a critique group for for several years, right? I mean, yeah, it kind of so. petered out in the last year, but you know, we'll just say that people were uh, anticipating COVID. But uh, <laughs> John is an experienced critiquer, so I, I value his words. I value his words. Ooh. Now you know something I forgot I mean, to no, ask. Wait a minute. You. Wait a minute. Let me ask you something. So you value my words? Does that mean is there? A remuneration is there a payment for this uh, for this broadcast? No, I don't value it that much. <laughs> Go ahead, you what? Huh? You forgot <laughs> to ask me something? No, I just realized that I, I I forgot to ask you for a self critique on your your song. So we should ah. go back and do that. Um, I can pull up those those lyrics there. I mean, I and then I can give a self critique of mine. Well, here's the thing. I wrote that song on Saturday. Yeah. Right? So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's uh, half a week old, right? Roughly speaking. Um, and what I have found, especially especially when I'm writing songs, you know, once a week, banging them out as quickly as that, for me, as quickly as that, um, that a lot of the songs, I don't really decide how I feel about them until a little bit after they've been written. And I have a chance to mm -hmm. let them settle in a little bit more and actually learn them. This is another thing that non-songwriters wouldn't be able to relate to. But when I first write a song, I can't perform it. Yeah, because I don't actually know it yet. <laughs> you know, you have to. So, um, keeping that in mind, this is a real, relatively new song for me. When I first wrote it, I thought, well, this song is kind of odd for me in a number of ways. It's not normal. Uh, from so, I think it has sort of a, a little bit of a pop uh, sensibility to it, which is not something that I normally do. Um, and the other thing about it is that. Um, you know, it is a very, very positive song, and I tend not to, um, not to do those. I, I feel good about the fact that I was able to write a positive song and still start the verse with a minor chord. That felt very, you know, okay, good. Mm. Whew, you're not completely letting go of your past here, you know. Um, <laughs> I kind of like it. Uh, I, you know, I write these songs, and I, 
I'm sure that some of them are going to end up getting recorded. Some of them are going to end up being part of a live performance thing when I start performing again at some point. And some of them will just be songs that I wrote, you know. And it's hard to tell which ones will end up where. But I've been I've been enjoying this song. It has a from a musical perspective to me, it has a little bit of a catchiness to it. It 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 kind of circles around my head a little bit and and in a in a way that I find pleasing because that doesn't always go positive. <laughs> the way that you the way that you do your that pause right before you say rose colored glasses, I think that's kind of a catchy little pause. Oh, thank you. Um yeah. Yeah, could have gone a little. Could have, that could have been phrased a lot of different ways there. Yeah, because I was thinking, because I kept like expecting you to sing it one way and you sing it a different way. I was like, oh, okay, well that just makes it you know catchier. Cool. It's funny how you just like a little. Well, one thing I found, you know, if I co-write with somebody, we'll split up and we'll play the songs on our own solo, and that one of the biggest differences in the way that a song is performed is how long the pauses are between the words ah. and I, I find that to be to be really interesting the phrasing yeah yeah is that phrasing because I, I thought phrasing had something to do with breath control uh, in my I've, mind I've, in my phrasing. mind that's phrasing because you're talking about I mean for example are you going to say looking at looking at the world through the rose rose colored glasses versus rose colored glasses versus rose colored glasses yeah all three of those are three different ways of phrasing the same See, thing, right? That's how I would interpret phrasing. That's how I always did when I first heard the the word phrasing. Yeah. But then I heard that like Frank Sinatra's when when people talk about how great he is at phrasing, they're actually talking about breath control. I'm like, what? So hmm. anyway, you know, there's we got a lot of uh, hopefully uh, some songwriters out there listening to the show. Uh, if any of you can clarify for us what the what phrasing really really is please <laughs> please send it in and uh you can send it into uh i, I have a i have a email now uh raw songwriting at gmail.com okay anyway but let, one one final thought about that in terms of how the how the song is landing on me so far uh-huh um again i'm 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 being very uh welcoming to it and not being too judgmental as to what it's going to end up doing but um i had a rehearsal with my bass player earlier today before before uh, this thing, uh -huh. and um, we played it. Just I kind of like, hey, let's just play this and see kind of what it feels like. I'm not really sure if it's going to be song for us to do or not. And we had a we had a, a pretty good time playing it. So who knows? We'll see. Well, are there is there any spot that you think you might you know point, you know single out as a as as a section of the song that you'd want to work on? Uh, to or me, this feels like a finished song, dude. I I don't cool. Yeah, I, 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 so, and it's interesting because you say that. I mean, some of the stuff that I've written, I've really tried to, to come up with a finished song, but, there, but there'll be one or two things where I, after I listen to it a couple of times, I'm like, oh, you know, what if you change that one word there? That'll make this better. Haven't come up with anything like that in this one yet. Cool, cool. No, it's, it's nice. It's nice when you, you write something that feels finished. Um, I don't mind, actually. I think my, my song this week, Compared to the, the, the three other songs that I've done for the show, I, I feel like it's more complete, even though cool. I, I, it was kind of, I, I felt like I was cramming at the last minute on this one, and, and I threw out a bunch of ideas, but 
Yeah, this one this one came together ultimately at the end pretty close. I I think the issues that I had are more with the recording and and uh, some of the arrangement, uh, especially for the bridge, which I totally wanted to work out a more psychedelic guitar part that was kind of trancy, uh, hypnotic. But uh, I didn't have time to work it out. You know, adding a little bit of trancy dissonance in there. But I, but I like the way it's. It's kind of a simple song. There's, it. I think there's more of a. I mean, because the chorus is repeated so much, so so much, it, it does a lot of the heavy lifting on the song. It, what was funnier though was I don't know if you find this to be true, John, but because there was this kind of this big hook for the chorus, there's not a lot of room for words. It's kind of you have to have words that really hit the spots. And it was really tough to, to, to just find the right, the right way to say those words that just nail that melody, that support the melody perfectly. Whereas the spoken word part uh, that I do in the middle, that was, there's a lot of, I think a lot of uh, kind of, I try to do some richer language with it, but I find, found that to be infinitely easier than writing just the few words that go into the chorus. And I'm still feeling like I, I haven't, if there's a spot that I want to focus on, it may be that chorus, just trying to find the exact right words to that, that fit the hook, you know? Well, I mean, I think that um, I'm going to lift you up. That was, that's the first line of the chorus, isn't it? Yeah. And then the last line is, I'm going to show you love. Is that correct? That is correct. So I think that that that's that's the central message of your song, and that's the piece of it that sort of um, yin yangs with the darkness that's in the verse. You definitely have some darkness in your verses, and yet and yet what you're saying. See that I suppose you could interpret the song in a lot of different ways, but the way that I interpreted it was a desire. To, to support, help, and love those around us. And so ultimately, I take a positive out of your chorus, and I feel like, uh, I mean, so, you know, there's always times that you can go in and polish something. I didn't hear anything that jumped out at me as something that was wrong with that section at all. Yeah, okay. Well, that's cool. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Well, I think we wrote two successful songs here, John. I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty happy with uh, the results. You know, the definition of the song, uh, in my mind, is, did you finish it? Yes, it is successful. That's right. So That's we right. absolutely did that, my friend. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, um, John, we're coming, to we're coming towards the end so of sad. this, sad. this, this, this uh, discussion here. But uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity to plug... Any shows or any albums or anything that you got that you want to, websites you want to promote? Well, I mean, you know, uh, johnbunsley.com is my website. There hasn't been a lot going on there lately because I have not been playing a lot of shows. Um, anybody who wants to find me on Facebook, uh, B-U-N-Z-L-I is my name. Anybody who wants to find me on Facebook, I would love to have you as a friend. Um, that's a, really a method that I'm using a lot for communicating and sharing music these days. Um, I have created a YouTube playlist that has 14 songs on it and hopefully we'll continue to have a new one each week for a while here. And if you're interested in finding that, it's very easy to find by just doing a search 
in YouTube for Café con Leche and my name. And there's nothing else out there that's going to come up. Café con Leche a la Bunsley? Uh, you could try that. I just do John Bunsley, and that has just John Bunsley, sure, sure. But uh, you know, Google is a very, very uh, sophisticated search engine. So, um, and I am uh, my my bass player and I are going to do some kind of a live stream sometime in December. That's all I know. Can't really push it. Um, the whole live stream thing, man. That's a whole. We could we could do a whole podcast on talking about that. Let me tell you what. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, anyway. that'll be the next one. So, all right. <laughs> so. All right, gang. Uh, David, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate you uh, inviting me to be a part of this, and it's been a pleasure. John, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, we've known each other a long time, and it's always fun talking to you. So, folks, uh, I post these prompts every week on my, uh, right now, my Facebook site, primarily. So if you go to Dave Coyle's Musical Extravaganza on Facebook, You'll see the prompts uh, posted for all the previous episodes, uh, but also I'll be posting tomorrow or uh, Saturday, perhaps. I'll be posting the prompts for our next guest. Our next guest is going to be Bill Nash, and he's a really wonderful singer-songwriter. I think you'll like his stuff quite a bit. And he actually he may be the first one to rebel against using a prompt at all, but we'll, we'll, we'll find out. So be on the lookout for the prompt sheet, and I would love to hear... From you guys, if you want to play along and, and try writing some songs based on some of those prompts, I will highlight those, or at least some of those, on my Facebook page, on the social media, and possibly even during one of the shows. So if you want to write something like that, you can either post it at Dave Coyle's Musical Extravaganza uh, as a comment on one of the programs, or, or on the prompt. Or if you want to email me something at rawsongwriting at gmail.com, please do. But uh, that's, a, that's another show, and it's been just an absolute blast. Thanks again to John Bunsley. And uh, to all you out there, all you songwriters out there, keep your songwriting raw and riveting. Ah.